Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Therese, and normally what I do is read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. So, yesterday, before we were so rudely interrupted, oh, normally what I do is read a poem from my book of poetry, but I will not be doing that on today. Um, Yesterday, when we were rudely interrupted, I was talking about, it is not always about you. (coughs) Excuse me. Today, I've been coughing a lot, y'all, so please forgive me as I proceed. Um... So I had reached out to my son, my 21-year-old, because I was a bit frustrated concerning the process that I was going through. For those of you that don't know, I have been through what I call a tsunami concerning life matters. And in going through, um, I've been doing my best to kind of just remain positive but I do not always make a 100. So this is a primary example, <laughs> and I'm about to share it with y'all uh, because some people, for whatever reason, I don't even know why they draw these conclusions about people. You know, if you say that you love the Lord, for whatever reason, people just come to a conclusion that you never, ever do or say anything wrong, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. But anywho, so... At around 3.30 p.m., I I was asked to return to the location to pick up my keys for my new place at 3 o'clock. But when I got there, there was a line of people. So what I did was waited as patiently as I possibly could. When I finally saw that the coast was, quote, unquote, clear, I got out of my vehicle and I proceeded to go to the office, which is really like a portable, a mini portable, um, in order for me to retrieve my keys from the administrator, the office administrator. And so when I get inside, no sooner than I got inside of the building, um, hoping that I would be able to get my keys, because for those of you that did not hear the part one, I was expected to get my keys at around 11 a.m., showed up at 11 a.m., nobody was there. At 11.08, this individual showed up, but when I asked for my keys after paying everything, all that was required for the rest of the month, the prorated amount, did all of that, I was asked to please come back at 3 p.m. Mind you, we had just moved out of the hotel that we had been residing in for three and a half weeks. So I was already on edge for the lack of a better way to state it. So when this particular question was asked, can I step back outside after giving a 30-minute window of grace, so I thought, (laughs) this is what I said to my son. So I told him, this heifer just asked me to give her a few minutes as if I haven't given her the whole damn day. And I put a whole bunch of exclamation points. I said, Jesus, take the wheel. 
and then I did the praying emojis. He sent me two laughing emojis that said, give her a few minutes with what? My response, she is on the phone. I said, my patience has been tested beyond testing. I made sure I made that plural. (laughs) I am so over this, all of it, and I put a whole bunch of exclamation points. So my son made the following statement. Well, Mom, unfortunately, this is your hand, so you're going to have to make something great out of it, great of it. So my response to him was, this is why I love you, son. And then I gave him a whole bunch of kissing emojis instead and hearts, and I said, I understand the assignment. So just hearing those words and the way that he conveyed that to me, it caused me to take a pause and to reframe what it was that I was going through because my son was very much aware of what it is that I've been through. And so I took that mentality, reframed everything, understood it was not about me, and it's not always about me. So when I went back into the building, it was around 4 o'clock-ish, um, when I went, because I stood out in the heat. I stood out in the heat for a minute to allow her more than a minute. <laughs> and so when I went back inside of that portable, it was about, um, it was around 4 o'clock. So she was trying to get things together. She had contacted a maintenance guy, and I took a seat. So when I took a seat, I kind of just sat there and observed my surroundings. I looked at how she was operating, what she was doing, trying to pick up on her spirit, where her mind was at. I just took a moment to take everything in. So when I took that moment, I noticed that she was doing everything by herself. There was no assistant. There was no assistance, no help for her whatsoever. So the maintenance guy had came in, and he had handed her my keys. And so um, she asked him, are you hungry? And he told her yes. Again, it was around 4 o'clock p.m. They closed at 5.30 p.m. So when when he said yes, she told him where she was going to order from, um, and he told her don't get a whole lot of anything, and she said okay. So she placed the order, and then she proceeded to – move around a little bit, again, after she got the keys from him. So I'm watching her, and she grabbed, like, a little mini backpack, and then um, she grabbed a sticky note, a colorful sticky note, and then the keys that he had presented to her, she put those keys on that bag. And so she walked back over to her desk, and as she's right, no, 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 before she went to her desk, I looked up and I said, are you doing this all by yourself? And she nodded her head yes. And I said, everything? And she said, you don't even know the half of it. And I said, you can't do all of this by yourself. So then I asked her, I said, are you also doing the PR? And she said, yes, ma'am. And I was like, there's no way that you can do work orders, that you can walk people on the property, the people that are trying to move in today, and then the people that are inquiring about an actual apartment, and do the PR as well as answer phones. I said, you're just one person. And she started crying. 
She said, the person that you just saw, the gentleman that I asked if he wanted something to eat, he is diabetic. And he literally has been running around doing me a favor by making sure a lot of these work orders are done so that people can move in today. Immediately, my heart went out to her because I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be given an assignment and be told one thing, and then you look up and you're doing five to ten other things. So at that point, I understood the assignment, and I understood that this was not about me. So what I did, the funny part to me is that I was wearing a shirt that said, Jesus wins. (laughs) And so... I was so frustrated initially, but then I started to recognize after the fact, not while I was going through it, but after the fact, how he really did win. So what I ended up doing is when people were coming in, because mind you, it's supposed to be one person at a time, but because she was so overwhelmed and she knew that she was running out of time because the end of the day was quickly approaching, When the person called her to let her know that the food was being delivered, she was still handling other business. So when that person, she gave that person where to go, what to do, or whatever, when he finally showed up, I opened up the door. When I opened up the door, I took her drink, handed it, passed it to her, took the bag of food, passed it to her, and then I had already made up in my mind without ever saying anything to her, I'm going to help you for the rest of the day. That's pretty much where my mom was at. So what I ended up doing when people were coming in and if they had a nasty attitude, then I was helping to diffuse those situations. And there was one particular person that came in, and the minute, because she had to take a bite because she had not eaten all day. And so um, the minute that that person came in, he was like, he was using profanity, and he pretty much was saying that you are eating our money. So I proceeded to let him know that I had been there since 11 o'clock in the morning. This woman was doing the best that she could with the hand that she had been dealt and that she had to get her something to eat to be able to make it through the remainder of the day. And if he could just allow her 15 minutes to just eat a little bit, get some food in her system, she would help him. So then he looks over at the maintenance guy because the maintenance guy had returned. And so he's sitting at the table eating his food. So he begins to tell both of them, y'all were in the location. Y'all were both here when I was filling out my paperwork for the apartment. Why is it not ready? I'm going to give you a terrible report, a review. So when she heard that, she looked at him and said, and that's the reason why you haven't gotten your keys. So she proceeded to tell him that she was willing to work with him. But one thing that she could not afford is for him to give the apartment complex a bad review because this was literally out of her control. The man that was helping her, the maintenance man, is an elderly guy. And so there's only so much you can do. If you could just imagine, it's not saying that he can't do it because he was definitely taking care of business, but... The reality of it is, is if you have a hundred plus apartments on a lot, a 
and you're one person. There's only so many. You got to work inside of each one, depending on how many tasks need to be done, and you're trying to be the deadline. There's only so much you could do if you don't have the manpower. And so he was moving as fast as he could, trying to prevent her from getting so frustrated that she resigned. What I did not share is that during the a part of our conversation, she actually made the statement that she was about to put in her two-week notice. And one of the reasons why she said is because she cares about people and it was apparent that where she was working at, that was a conflict of interest because all they wanted to do was fill those apartments. They didn't care what they looked like. So that was frustrating her also because she cares about people. So the more that I took a back seat from me worrying about getting my keys and worrying about moving into my apartment, the more I was able to hear the needs of that person. So then I diffused the irate young man. Then another young man shows up, but she was still so discombobulated from the previous man. And even though he laughed at the end and we came up with an agreement, because pretty much what he was saying was, okay, I won't give you a bad review if you don't charge me for today, because we all know my apartment should have been ready this morning. So she said, I could do that. That's fixable. So she said, I'll send you a new lease agreement showing that your start date is on tomorrow. And he said, what does that mean? I said, that means that she's removing today from the equation, and because your start date starts tomorrow, you'll get a brand-new lease, and your request has been granted. He was like, oh, Okay. Well, then I'll see you tomorrow, but please make sure that my apartment is ready by 1 p.m. because I'm moving furniture in there. She said yes. There was another part where he had, was talking about the location of his apartment, and he was saying how his wife is pregnant, and he was upset because they gave him a different location. So I took a moment to explain to him, in all actuality, the location that they gave you is to your benefit. Because if you're trying to keep from the sun beaming down the way that you're saying that it will, where we're located, we're going to catch the tail end of the sun instead of the direct beaming of the sun. I said, so she really did you a favor. And he was like, oh, okay. So then another person comes in. This young man was a little bit younger. You could tell that um, he was probably in his early 20s. And so when he showed up, he was asking for his keys, as everybody else that was outside in line just about, except for a couple of people just wanting to inquire about the property itself, um, he was waiting for his keys. So she handed him his keys. Well, then he left. Um, and so when he left, she realized that she had not gotten the electricity number for his particular apartment. Because those of you that don't know, anytime that you're transferring from uh, or moving into an apartment complex, they will transfer, they will cut off their account that's keeping those lights on and transfer your account number to that apartment number so that you can pay the bill and they're not left with the bill. So, well, they're not left with the bill concerning your particular apartment that you are occupying. But anyhow, so 
I asked her, do you want me to go run after him? And she was like, no, that's okay. I'll go ahead and make a phone call. Now, mind you, in a real sense, I was overstaying my welcome. And what I mean by that is that my keys, yes, I saw that they were ready. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that part. The floor was not, though. So what she was actually waiting on was to get the okay that the glue had dried, that the tile had been placed down, and that it was okay for me to move into my apartment once they had cleaned everything up. So that's literally why it was taking a while. So what I ended up doing is letting her know that, um, you know, I didn't really say anything. I just, I think I letting her know by being present that everything was going to be okay. So when the young man um, had left and then she called him and he answered the phone immediately, she said, I need you to come back because I don't have your electricity, not the number to, you know, your actual account number. And so he started to explain, like, what had happened was, and she's like, okay, I really need the keys now because he had not been successful in getting that number. So when he came in, I made light of it. I joked with him a little bit. I said, I bet you probably think that this is the easiest lease agreement you'd have never signed. And so we laughed about that, and he said, yes, ma'am. I was like, wow, this is a breeze. So I said, do you need the number to the electricity company? He said, yes, ma'am, I do. I just shot it off to him, gave it to him. So then I could hear that noise that says, so I said, no, he dialed the wrong number. So I told him, I said, "Um, yeah, I I could hear that. So do you need the number again? He was like, yes, ma'am. And then so he started talking about how they're not really answering the phone. And I was like, yeah, call the number again and then just wait for them to answer the phone. So that way you can get the information that you need. And I was like, they're going to bill you the connection fee. So it's not like you need that money right now. The minute that he heard that, his mind was at ease. He stayed on the phone as long as he needed to stay on. Truth be told, I found out later he is now my official neighbor. So anywho. So um, going forward, so um, I did all of that, helped her. We got through the day at 5.15, between 5.15, 5.20, she says, no, the maintenance guy comes back and he says, her apartment is ready. She hands me the keys that she had set aside a long time ago, but it was funny because she was looking for the keys, couldn't find them, and then it dawned on her. Remember, she was discombobulated because everything that had happened. So as she was getting ready to hand me the key, she just looks at me, and you could tell that in all sincerity, she meant what she said, and she was saying what she meant. Thank you so much for your help. And then she's like, I would hug you. I said, girl, we have been in this. <laughs> she was in there a lot longer than I had. But I was like, uh-uh, I have been sweating from moving. I'm not supposed to hug nobody. I get it, virtual hug, air hug. But, yeah, I'm not hugging it. So we, we got to laugh about that. But it reminded me, that moment, that day I still moved in, the day that I was scheduled to move in, maybe not as early as I wanted to. Yes, I had a few frustrations because I had food from the hotel that was in my vehicle the entire time. Um, So I was feeling some type of way initially. But after all was said and done, truth be told, I needed that lesson. I needed that lesson in knowing that it is not always about me. I needed the reminder in knowing that it is not always about me. Part of the reason why that was so necessary for me is because I have moments, especially when I'm going through something, that I can make it all about me just because I want somebody to hear what it is that I'm going through and to 
feel a sense of, or hear, it's going to be all right. But this time my assignment was to pass that energy along to someone else who needed to hear probably more than I did in that moment that it was going to be all right. So after I get my keys, I go to my location, and (laughs) they're still cleaning up my apartment. But because of what had just transpired, because of what my son had just conveyed to me, my waiting, I knew, was not in vain. So I sat there, and I had a different emotion. I had a different feeling about the experience because I knew it was only a matter of minutes before I would finally, finally, after all the turmoil, all the, all of the stuff that I've gone through over the past, few weeks that I would finally have a sense of stability again. And in that moment, oh, it was about me. In that moment, that thought, oh, yeah, it was about me. But for the most part, I was just grateful that I could set my weight aside to be able to be useful to someone else. It is really, truly healing when you can do that. That helps you to heal as well. So it made me feel great. I'm so glad that I was able to move in. I'm so glad that now I, you know, pretty much I don't have to pay that lump sum of hotel fees because that staying at a hotel for a long period of time is very costly. Um, But what I had to do, too, is reframe that. And I'm grateful to God for the people that he has surrounded me with that genuinely care about my well-being in every sense of the word. Like, you, sometimes you don't even know who is truly for you, for you, until you go through hell. Sometimes you never know, because as long as things are going great, it will appear like X amount of number of people are for you. But when things start to fade or go downhill or whatever it is that they may do, then you get to really truly see who is for the lack of better words, ride or die, concerning you. You get to truly see who is in your corner. And sometimes what will happen is those people that you thought were for you have never been. And the ones that you thought were not have always been. And so maybe sometimes you got to go through those trials to see, even though you know that it's not all about you, or even if you need a reality check to recognize that it is not always about you, it's the people who opt to stay by your side and walk through that journey with you and love you despite of you. Because sometimes that is more than necessary for you to overcome a trial or a tribulation or both. So I hope that this has encouraged someone out there in the world because I know that it encouraged me. I needed to be reminded that it is not always about me. So have the most amazing day. This is going to conclude my episode on today. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye, and thank you for listening.